Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Quantum Nurse, and I am Grace Asagra, your holistic registered nurse. And uh, today, I would like to welcome our guest, who is Robert Slovak, and he is the world's foremost water expert, one of the world's foremost water expert. That's good. Before I continue to introduce him, have you ever ask yourself where did water come from is the water in your drinking cup the same as the water in your body and is and what's so important about water could we just continue to drink the current water or you know what's all the differences of all these different types of water so those are the questions that i have been like trying to understand for myself and i'm really proud to have robert slovak and he is a degreed mechanical and aeronautical and astronautical engineer, best known for co-founding water factory systems in the early 1970s. He and his brother were among the early developers of reverse osmosis technology and its many applications. And as he continued to share with us, trust me, he, you will get to know him more and more of all his other accomplishments. And currently, Robert continues to be very active figure in the rapidly expanding role of water in the wellness and anti-aging community, making appearances and presentations worldwide, not just in with layman's um, conversation, but he really has been sought for his insights and expertise by um, medical doctors and all the rest in the health field movement, especially those who really wants to tap the most of our innate body's ability to heal. So welcome, Robert. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for inviting me, Grace. And uh, you're also a very special person for adapting to all your new guests and i mean it's quite an undertaking you've done with your podcast <laughs> thank you and um since i just had my little children or my grandchildren two weeks ago and they gave me a question that it is really a question that you can answer profoundly and that's why you can never underestimate the children because and they're six and four years old. And in two oh. separate occasions, they ask me, because, you know, with me as a grandma, I always tell them, drink your water, drink your water, drink your water. And we put some magic in the water. And they ask, where does water come from? And they ask that question. So, so good. I mean, that is a great question. And to be honest with you, not many, I'm not sure that even a single doctor was able to answer this, but I'd like to, there's a little series of slides. We're gonna try something at great risk and please audience excuse us because we've never done this before. And all of this screen sharing stuff is a little tricky and it doesn't always work like we think we'd like it to work. So can we share a screen and I can, Yes. kind of advanced to this section whoa oh what happened to that oh this whoa. is whoa i think we just entered the matrix this is interesting <laughs> oh, there 
Okay, my prediction was correct. Okay, so now let's see. Let's see. Um, I have to rem. That is very interesting. Okay, let's add this again. Oops. Uh, Do you think so I should try? Because I it worked for me. Yeah, try it again. Okay. Or what we can do is you get out again of the share screen and then start all over. Because mm. right now I don't see any share screen, but it's just you and okay, me. I'm pressing it now. Mm -hmm. And then I'm doing this. And this should do it. Not chat. How's that? Yeah. Could just, you see it? No, not yet. But continue, you know. Okay, so I'm seeing my slide, my slide called Comprehensive Water Topics. Mm -hmm. And it's just a list of the topics. Now, I wonder if I have to press any other share screen. No? It looks like... I think oh, yeah, from the yeah. very beginning, you know, if you can just press at the very beginning share and then go there. Uh, I'll tell you something, Grace. I'm not... Um, now I've got to find uh, find you back again. Uh, don't at uh, least I see you. You you are being you can be seen. Okay. Okay. So that's that's good. Um, mm -hmm. I don't see I actually don't see a link to bring me back. I don't see anything that connects me with you. Oh, I don't know why that is. And not to worry because you, you and I are connected. Okay, so how about do you see that? No. But what do you say? What do you I, say? I see you and me on the screen talking together, like sort of sitting side by side. Um, oh. Right. And then maybe um, you can, but you see the StreamYard icon, right? Uh, I, I actually do not. Okay. I don't see anything, anything that would get me back to the StreamYard, to be okay. honest with but, you. All right. But, but as I said, not to worry, you, you and I can be seen. And as long as I, we can see it, I can see it, so the, the audience can see you. So trust that you'll figure it out. I'm sure you'll figure okay. it out. Okay, I just, but, but there's no way I can share my screen if I can't yeah. see. Yeah, I guess at this point we won't share it. Oh no. Yeah, right? There has to be a way to go back to. So like that is different, like it's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It it is going to be in your control, and if you want, what other people? But I know you're not disconnected. Um, it's just that you you share the screen, and the screen didn't work. So then you seem not to see it. But maybe underneath, at the bottom of your computer, can you see anything? Or maybe you can diminish. Let me see. I'm gonna try that. I'll diminish. Mm -hmm. Um, you diminish it. It's really amazing to. We did oh. it, and 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 I just want to inform the audience that we did practice this. 
<laughs> we did yeah. we did practice it a week ago and you see but some that's okay that's so let's try sharing again because you can you can see can you see you and me now i can see uh, us uh, and it says share your screen you may of course it's not responding i'm going to cancel let's start all over share screen share hmm okay let's uh well what I, I think i know uh, there we go how's that not yet not yet not yet mm -hmm. and what okay, let me see one second i'm gonna cancel i'm gonna share Yeah, for some reason I don't see it. It says my sharing screen was canceled. So um, I didn't do anything different. I don't think you did. I, I no, mean, so it will be in your at your in your end uh, at your end. <sighs> and while you're looking for that, um, just make sure you click share on the model modal and hmm. <laughs> Someone was. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, you, there! I see. I see the screen. You okay. see this? Mm -hmm. Let me let me put it on. Okay. So I like always to start out by this very famous expert, far more an expert than I am in the deep chemistry, and. Uh, physics of water, and that's Martin Chaplin, and he's from uh, the UK. <clears throat> and everyone should go see one time Martin Chaplin's website, and very complex, very scientific. But he said, Liquid water is not a bit player in the theater of life, it's the headline act. It's one of my favorite quotes about, about water. But Here's where it all started. I think everyone should know. And this, you know, there's many interpretations of the universe began, but I'd say the general accepted scientific explanation is that 13.8 billion years ago. And can Grace, can you hear me? Yes, Grace? I, I can hear you. I just muted myself, so you'll okay. be good. That's all. So about 13.8 billion years ago, uh, something came from nothing. You can call it the, you know, I call it the word of God, create, and something happened that created our universe. And this created this expanding universe with everything that is uh, contained in our universe. And here's what started. This is going to probably be a little sciencey for some people. But this is what happened in the Big Bang. You created a neutron and a proton. And then those two things started to take on energy like electrons. 
and you started to form the first elements. And not everybody here is even exposed to the elements, but I'm going to teach you this today. I want everybody who is interested in health to understand the elements because people don't know it. And our education system is so flawed that they don't teach this basic stuff, this basic science anymore. But this is where it started. A proton and a neutron and an electron are the basis of all matter, okay? And there's, it's more complicated than that, but this is the simplified version. But very early on, in less than one second, it was determined that we formed hydrogen and we formed helium. And the hydrogen is just a proton and an electron. And then helium is two protons and, and, and two neutrons and two electrons. And so what is the result of that? This is going to shock some of you. Because if we take the entire known universe, 74% of that universe is still hydrogen. And 24% of this universe, our universe, is still helium. That adds up to 98%. And the other 2% is the rest of the stuff. Like us. Okay? All the other things, the moon, the dirt, the, the, the car, all of that stuff in all the universe is just 2%. So what are we talking about when we talk about this? This I want you to know. These 90, 92 of these, there's some additional ones here that are synthetic elements that have been made by science. But I just want you to know the natural elements created by God there were 92, and they basically make up everything in the universe, living, out in space, anything. Whatever has matter or is ever is a thing is made up of just these 92 things, and we call them elements. And so there's nothing in our body that is not made of the elements. And we, I want you to know this because we have to keep restoring these. They get used up, we, we excrete some of them, we build new bones with some of them, and we need to have more. And this is where this knowledge is so important because where we were designed to get these from was basically our food. And that is a problem in our modern world because our food really can't supply us with these anymore. Only a small fraction of them are supplied by our food. And this is one of the reasons why we have so much health crisis, so much chronic disease. So now Grace asked, well, well her grandchildren asked, uh, where did the water come from? Okay, so here's what happened. Remember all that hydrogen uh, a, a, that was dispersed throughout the universe and some of it like got together and formed, what are the stars and the supernovae and the suns of all the places in throughout the universe? What is it made out of? It's made out of hydrogen. And that hydrogen is so dense and it's reacting 
and it's fusing together. And in that fusion process, it forms more helium. That's what gives off all that energy. When hydrogen fuses to make helium, meaning those subatomic particles are combining, it gives off massive amounts of energy. And that's how our sun, why our sun is like giving us all this energy for warmth and all the things the sun does. And it's been going on for billions of years, as amazing as it seems. And at some time in the future, I don't know, maybe a billion years more, it's going to exhaust all the fuel it has. At least that's what is thought. So, so out there in those stars, we had mostly hydrogen, but the energy is so great that it started to form the other elements. It started to fuse all those particles together, add them together, more protons, and then you have, you know, you have some gases, and then you have carbon, and then you have oxygen forming. So that was it. You formed all the other, besides hydrogen and helium, you formed the other 90 natural elements. And they were formed in the stars. And the stars exploded, and they spread these elements all throughout the universe, and they played in the sandbox of the universe and got together and formed everything we see, know, and experience. So. What was formed when some of that hydrogen combined with oxygen? Good old H2O, that is water. And so there's a lot of water in space. And then a lot of the water, because it didn't have a lot of like suns near it and heat and temperature, much of it frozen. And some of the, some of the interplanetary objects were just collections of the minerals, and we call them rocks. We call them asteroids. We call them comets. And they collected water. So here's what happened. About four, so the Big Bang was 13.8 billion years ago. But the Earth started to form about 5 billion years ago, okay, from space rock and space dust due to gravitation. But about a half a billion years after that, something bombarded the Earth. And the Earth didn't have any water. It was just a hot kind of cooling mass of rock, spherical because it was rotating and so on, and it balanced it out. But about 4.5 billion years ago, comets of rock and ice bombarded the Earth for about 100 million years. I mean, it's unthinkable, it's incredible, it's amazing, but it deposited the ice on the earth and the ice melted and it covered the earth with water. That's why we call it the blue planet. So there was a time, it is predicted or surmised that the earth was completely covered with water. And here is the takeaway I want you to know, the water covered a planet that was composed of all this rock and dust and so on, which happened to include all the other elements, all the solid stuff, everything. And those elements on the right-hand side dissolved in 
the water. Because the water that came from ice was like more like distilled water. But now when that water covered earth, that water started to dissolve all of that rock, which was made out of the other 90 elements. And now we are starting to, in the basic sense, we're starting to mineralize the water. And here is the big takeaway. What did it form? It formed the oceans. The oceans covered the earth. So when you ask, when you ask, what is the ocean? The ocean, I want you to remember this or even write it down, is the only solution made of water and the entire periodic table of the elements in the known universe. The ocean is more special than you ever imagined. And so special that let's just say God shows it as the most likely place that he would want to create life because it had everything. It had all the 92 elements and it had the water to communicate it because you always have to have water to communicate life. And so this is what occurred. And of course the earth was cooling. So it added some from the, from the volcanic vents under the ocean, some organic molecules, which were just made out of the same elements, maybe arranged in a different way. And here's what happened. Life was created on the planet about 3.8 billion years ago, so it is guessed. And life's recipe included a solution of the periodic table in specific proportions, organic molecules from undersea, uh, from undersea vents, atmospheric gas mi mixtures like hydrogen, methane, ammonia, and electrical and magnetic energy from the sun and cosmic rays. And we got the first cellular life 3.8 billion years ago. And that's where it all began. And it's the amazing story. And so to scientists, and you know, not everybody who is studying life is a scientist and follows the standard science. Some people believe that life was created in different ways. I'm not here to argue or disagree, but this is the modern scientific interpretation. And after cellular life began 3.8 billion years ago, we started then evolution. And this is when all the creativity took place. We don't have a lot to say, but I do want you to know uh, how important the ocean was. It, it's, it can't even be imagined it, how important it was. It was during evolution and how important it is now. So if you look at this chart, I'll go through it in a second. At the very far left, where you see 5 billion years, that's where the earth even started to form from just the space rock and dust gravitationally attracting each other to form a hot, huge 8,000 mile in diameter Earth. And then 
where you see the blue rectangle, you can see the uh, beginning of when water appeared on the earth. And uh, that was about 4.5 billion years ago. And then life started. You can see the, the uh, red vertical line that's connected with where cellular life begins. And so look at that blue rectangle. That blue rectangle represents the fact that all life for all of that time, for two and a half billion years, only existed in the ocean. That's where all the action, that's where all the species were created, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it wasn't until after that blue rectangle, it wasn't until that red line, maybe 450 million years ago, that plants first, then animals sometime later emerged from the sea to try. And, and you can see it wasn't long ago to try to start and uh, live a terrestrial land existence. And so few people are aware of this. And so we have more characteristics of sea life than anything. And we have to respect uh, the input of information, of physics, of chemistry, of physiology, of biology that the sea imparted upon all known life. And that's why the sea is so important uh, in the understanding of health and wellness. So all of the kingdoms evolved in the sea, everything from bacteria to, to algae, to plants, to fungus, and all the animal species. So here's the final conclusion that I'd like to pass on to you. Nothing influenced the origin, design, structure, and function of multicellular life throughout evolution more than the sea. Seawater is the medium and the architect of all life on Earth. So we can come back to you, Grace. I may have taken a little too long, but this is so important that I want people to understand this. So let's see what we can do. Can you bring me back? Uh, oh, if I, I if I take it down, then you won't be able to go back again. I mean, you have to start from the beginning. Is that okay? I'll just remove the screen right now. Oh, sure. That's fine. All right. All right. No, that was fantastic. Okay. Um, and of course, since I remember just the little ones asking me that question. I'm imagining that someone could make it into a comics book or a children's book, okay? Because if if my two little grandchildren ask, I'm sure there's more other children who will be asking. And as you Absolutely. said- Absolutely. And as but you we're, said- We're hardly teaching science anymore in America. That's part of the problem. Correct, correct. And I, I, I mentioned it to you before that I, I went to school in the Philippines and I don't remember uh, a very strong science background in my city, okay? Because I, I grew up in Legaspi City away from Manila, so it, I wasn't in that big city with all those um, higher universities. Yes, but nevertheless, 
But but when I sometimes when I give this in other countries that have more sophisticated education systems, I think America is like number 39 in education in the world. Okay. It's a surprising and disappointing uh place to be. But when I give this in other countries, people go, oh, oh, we already know this. Just move on. Okay. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. However, Robert. Well, what when I first heard this uh, story or, you know, the origin of water and now you're presenting it, what I could share with you is just my simple observation when I travel around the Philippines and in other countries, especially when you go up all the way up in the mountains and they go, you go to the cave and you know, yeah. those caves are like honeycombs, right? And yeah. in the Philippines, there is even one cave all the way in the Philippines past Baguio city. Cause I know you've been in the Philippines. Yes. And, and I have been to Baguio. And there is that full waterfalls right in the stream, right inside on that that the the inside those caves yeah. and and they would point to us and i could see like traces of ocean life like some seashells absolutely so i'm like imagine i said you know i i i, I started to connect the dots yes what's the ocean doing up here okay <laughs> because yeah. it was totally covered by the ocean and the animals and little mollusks and so on uh lived at that level because it was covered with water correct and same thing as when you hear stories of how the all the different islands used to be one big island and then then a lot of water or you know all that kind of stories and then i said how did that boat because there was like a boat, uh, uh, the, the local boat, you know, of native people. How yes. did it end up all the way in the mountains? And it couldn't be that they had to transport it all the way uh, from the, you know, from from the bottom of the uh, island. So it's, it, you know, and sometimes they really don't have any scientific explanation of using scientific words, but they yes. just have they have information by telling us the story of what they also heard from the past generation. So, so thank you for sharing that. Now with that understanding of the showing you, showing us the uh, elemental table, and then knowing also that many of our deficiencies in the, in when causing us to have all that kind of autoimmune disease and all the health challenges. More than ever, health professionals, doctors and non-doctors have, have been pounding on us information that we are so um, mineral deficient. So, and that also again proves to us where life originated from, if you know. So can you speak please more on the critical importance of okay. the minerals and the trace elements. So I thought it was last week, Dr. Gundry was interviewing me. Okay. And we were talking about minerals and trace elements. And he said, you want to know something to his audience? 
I found, uh, or somebody brought to my attention, a letter that had been read to the United States Congress in, I, I think, in the early 1930s, okay, in America. And it was a doctor's, a doctor convinced his congressman to please read this letter. And this letter, this is 1930 now, and this letter was a plea to please, uh, you know, science and medicine and doctors, please pay attention that we do not have the minerals and trace elements that we once had. And this is 1930. And I remember I have that letter. Actually, I use it in my presentation. And it, it is the fact that modern farming, and we can say modern farming started in the 1800s when people realized, hey, let's do this faster, better, quicker, and we can use chemicals instead of natural fertilizers, and we can use pesticides to kill the bugs, and we can do all this stuff. And it turned out. And, and no, no one, not many people know this, it turned out to be a disaster. Now, this guy, this guy here, I'm going to jump to. Uh, well, before you do that, do you see the slide or, or can't you see my slide? I, I, I can see that it's ready, so I could add it. You want me to add it now to the screen? Okay, have they, have they seen the other ones too? No, not yet. Now it's there. Is that what you're saying? That's what yeah. you're looking for? Okay. Yeah, I'm looking for this one that says the, the only way cellular life could leave the ocean was to take the ocean with it. Yeah, that's it. That's that's okay. that's the screen that we see. Okay. Um, so so the ocean, the ocean magically contains all the elements. And another word for the elements is the minerals and trace elements. That, that's the that's the real nutritional perspective of them. And you were born in it. In fact, this guy, this brilliant guy, Rene Canton in the late 1800s said, hey, everybody, the only way cellular life could leave the ocean was to take the ocean with it. What the heck does that mean? It means that your body fluids aren't water, regular water like you think. They are really very close to seawater. That's why when you cut yourself and you taste your blood or you taste your tears, it's a little bit salty. That salt is really the elements of the periodic table. The only thing is you don't have all of them anymore. Maybe a few of you do, but you really don't have very many. And how many should you have? Well. The ones that can get into your body that are dissolved in the water, there's over 70. How many are you getting in your diet? Oh, certainly less than 20. Okay? That's serious. And that's what that letter to Congress was trying to tell, uh, to tell the, the American people. And of course, it didn't really go anywhere. But this man, this man, and I don't know, Dr. August Dunning, I'm showing a slide of Dr. August Dunning. And all of you should find out about Dr. August Dunning because he is a very famous astrophysicist. 
is one of the designers of the International Space Station, but he is a professor at Caltech or has been, and he came to like a, a realization one day and goes, oh my God, because uh, he's a brilliant guy. You know what? He said, as the slide shows, something is terribly wrong with food. And what he did is that he asked, can they see this, this slide? Yes. You can see these two graphs. They're very yep. technical. But he asked mm -hmm. his class or he asked his, his graduate students perhaps to plot this. And on the left graph, and maybe you can't make out the numbers, but the less left gra graph goes from 1900 to 2020. Okay? 1900 to 2020. And that is the loss of the minerals of the periodic table. That's the loss. There's hardly any left in modern food. And then he asked them, would you please plot on the right graph the increase in chronic disease? And you can see those curves are exploding and going up. And he said, that's it. This is the habitat crisis. We have ruined our environment and we are not feeding ourselves the periodic table. So he explains it as this, the mechanism. Here, here, here is, he put those two curves and he listed on the things that have diminished our ability to stay healthy. Mechanical farming, ammonium nitrate fertilizer, pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides, and just out of control farming. And you know what? We, we just don't know. We go buy our food, the lettuce looks the same, the celery looks the same, the broccoli tastes the same, but it really is missing the most critical elements. And that is why you have the increase in disease. So here's the periodic table that most modern Americans are getting. You see all the missing elements? Yeah. 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 Those are missing. And that's not good. And so we have to get them back. And one of the things we teach about minerals and trace elements is, let's see if I can find this, uh, uh, getting them back. Okay. That's one of the reasons why we'll teach your people it's very important to get nutrition from the sea. Okay. Nutrition from the sea is essential for you to restore the peri periodic table of the elements uh, back into your, in, into your body because you're operating on empty. And that's one of the reasons so many people are getting sick. And, you know, it's, it's just a tragedy. So many people have to look. They say, you know, the average person over, I think it was, I just read the average person over 60 years old is now taking 15 medicines a day. 15. I mean, yeah. it's a crisis. So any any questions from, from you? Uh, to oh, yeah. well, I just wanted to um, share again my observation that uh, in, in a lot of good 
uh, let's say, high quality standard of supplements, I noticed that almost um, there's so many formulations that they will have some plant from the ocean, some sea plants. Yes. And, yeah, and I if and and it's actually how I learned to to read a lot of the ingredients when I was still beginning to take care of myself from the very beginning in 1980s when I arrived in the United States is when I went to a health food store. I did a lot of flipping the bottle at the back and reading and reading and reading. And I noticed the common ingredients and I like such as turmeric, such as like, you know, the sea plant and if like kelp and other things. And if I can see that, that means those are powerful plants. Those are highly nutritious and important for us. And so, you know, I thought I'll just share that with you that I, I just do my own little way of investigation. My, my, what I teach my own classes, I prefer something, and I think you know this. Let me see if I can find it. I prefer this as the ultimate source of all of the ocean's mineral and trace elements or the entire periodic table. It really is the most elegant form and it's called Canton Ocean Minerals and Trace Elements. And there's two kinds. We won't spend the time to discuss all the details of it. There are ones that actually match uh, your body fluid, which is uh, not as concentrated as the ocean, but contains or should contain all of the proportions of the elements in your body fluids. But you're missing them. Maybe you have 20 instead of over 70. And but then... Robert, maybe, yes? excuse me, before you speak about that, um, how about you share how did you end up actually getting to know the Canton water? Because that was a okay. very powerful story. Well, I spent most of my career as a water scientist and developed, uh, as you know, this technology with my brother of reverse osmosis uh, and refined it. Uh, we didn't discover it, but we developed it. And um, so when I actually retired in 1996, I went on to help Brazil develop their water science education and technology. Because as you know, Brazil has so many incredible natural resources, but when you develop natural resources, you need to have water technology. So anyway, I went to Brazil and I was doing research in uh, a, a far away area from the cities and I became deathly ill. I, in, in an area that, uh, you know, I didn't take proper precautions to protect myself. And uh, I'm sure it was due to the food, but I got a very, uh, let's say, a critical case of bacterial gastroenteritis. And it took me down in minutes. And I became deathly ill. I knew and asked to... Uh, uh, hey, I will pay for a helicopter to get me back to Rio de Janeiro. 
and and uh, I think people were laughing that uh, that could happen in Brazil, and they were right; it couldn't happen in Brazil. But a young man on our on our team presented me. If you can see those glass ampules, he presented me with six of those clear glass ampules, and I'm I'm going. He's, I'm going. What is this? He said, "This is our doctor." We don't have a doctor here. We don't have a clinic here. I'm going, oh, my God, what are you trying to tell me that this is going to be uh, a, a be like a medical product? And he goes, it's better than a medical product. We use it here it, it, and for our children, for, for almost everything. It has such a benefit. And I'm going, what is it? He said, it's made from seawater. I don't know a lot about it. Anyway, he gave me six of those. He, I said, seriously. He said, just take one per hour. To make a long story short, I took one per hour because I was desperate. There was nothing else to do. At the end of those six hours, it was close to midnight at that time. I, 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 didn't, I, I knew I was either dead and happy or I was alive and happy because I did not have the gastroenteritis any longer. And I couldn't believe it. And I was like, this can't be. This just simple product from the sea cured me of this bacterial gastroenteritis. And so to make a long story short, I became like almost obsessed with learning more about this. And I, when I returned to uh, the big city of Rio de Janeiro, I ended up making a point to meet the man who brought this from Spain and France, it was made in both places, to Brazil. And I, I just said, uh, and he was a, a PhD biologist. And I said, sir, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I'll be very happy if you just take a short amount of time and explain what this amazing substance is. And he said, come in, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's my pleasure to do so. And I spent probably from nine o'clock at night till seven o'clock the next morning with him on, on, a, on a whiteboard or a, a, a some kind of pad that he was writing on and showing me and showing me slides. And my mouth, my jaw was dropped at this incredible story that in 1897, the discoverer of this science of seawater medicine and nutrition, Rene Canton, Q-U-I-N-T-O-N, it looks like Quinton, but Rene Canton discovered this amazing power of the sea and he put this power, powerful formula in glass ampules and this is what saved my life. And I became so like involved with it, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't even believe I didn't even ever hear of this scientist. But as remarkable as it was, I brought this in 2004. I brought this to the United States. And uh, I, I honestly was looking for somebody who was more qualified than I to distribute this. But those who said, my friend said to me, this is for you. This is kind of a, uh, a mystical experience that you have to finish. 
you discovered it under these most unusual conditions. And so I, I took the challenge and I have been a speaker in the world on this remarkable miracle substance for now going on 16 years. And so this has done beyond my wildest expectations. And um, it's still not very well known, even though it's now sold throughout the, the world because I have spoken about it for 16 years in many, 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 many countries and to many people. So this is it. That's how it happened. And um, the demand now, because this product also was used during the 1918 influenza, okay, the real pandemic in which 50 million people died, this product was one of the mainstays of dealing with the influenza. And I'm not saying this is the cure for, for coronavirus or anything, but it definitely maintains your core health and immune system in a very special way. And it's part of what you should be doing. I consider everyone must have these 70 plus minerals and trace elements in your diet for the rest of for your life from birth till death. So that's that's the story. So, but if someone would ask, because you know that we always hear about pollution on how we as a people don't even take care of our trash, and before you know it, all the trash and uh, especially the conventional farming that goes all the way to the streams, to the river, and back to the ocean. And you know, uh, how safe is that? Okay, I think it's a great question, and it's probably one of the most common questions. And because this product is governed by the oceanographic institutes, um, I, I can tell you this. The ocean, the open ocean isn't as, as polluted as it is made out to be that that's one thing but but i i tell people it is anyway uh, because we have to be more diligent and there are places mostly coastal mostly in the pacific etc that are horrific but when you go into remember that remember that the oceans have survived for billions of years and that the life in the ocean is self-purifying. Now, where is this taken from? This is, this Canton is not just dip a bottle in the water, in the ocean at the end of the pier and pull it up and you have Canton. This is a very special product harvested like a hundred kilometers out into the open ocean where there's something very special called a plankton bloom. And in a plankton bloom are, are very, very special. And I'm going to show you one in a second. And there it is. These, what, what, what ocean is that? Which, well, which this one, this, this really is just a picture of a typical bloom. It's okay. not the bloom 
that Kenton could be taken from here. But I believe this is in, it's certainly it's in the Atlantic near South America, okay? But Kenton Bloom is off the coasts of Spain and, and uh, France. And it is, has, because of the life in it, and it's, it's a complex subject, in which I will show you, let's see, that is what exists in a plankton bloom, okay? And, and that's not what you're drinking, by the way. Mm -hmm. These are, there's, so in a plankton bloom, there is phytoplankton, which is the vegetable or plant plankton, and then there is zooplankton. Zooplankton might be krill or copepods, and these, this, this is teeming with life. And the, there is a symbiotic relationship between the plankton, the phytoplankton, and the zooplankton. And these two together form a chemistry that is so complex, it, 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 it escapes modern science to define it. And it purifies the, the bloom. So when you take water from this, and that is my, my profession, when you take water from this, I cannot tell you, when they analyze it, and I see the analyses, I said that, I, I was shocked. This is the ocean? Because it was so pure. It was pure than anyone's tap water, except for the, all the minerals and, 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 and so on in it. It had no contaminants. It was, it was maybe, you know, when you have raw materials to make supplements, you have to follow the contaminant guidelines of the USB, the United States Pharmacopeia. And they, they say, you can't have this much cadmium, you can't have this much lead, et cetera, et cetera. But this water was like one to 10,000, thousandth of the, the 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 limits allowed for supplements and i said this is this is incredible and it's because this biosynotic reactor in the ocean maintains and detoxifies it so it's like the purest substance known there is a question here is said from an audience that says what about antarctic ocean what about the antarctic ocean uh-huh. Is that a good source? Um, well, there are not plankton blooms. The yeah. Antarctic Ocean may be um, may be pure, okay, but it also doesn't have the total chemistry. And so I do not think you have I've never seen them and I've studied the oceanography major plankton blooms around Antarctica. And, and it could simply have to do with the weather. But you have to have this relationship of these organisms to make Hinton marine plasma. That is the key. It's not just it's in the ocean, but you have to have the bioreactor. And that is a very rare event in the ocean. And they've taken this product has been available since 1897. So it was, pardon? No, go ahead. And it was for much of the 20th century, which you and I have lived in, 
much of the 20th century, it was actually used as a pharmaceutical medicine. And it was in the physician's desk references as a medicine to deal with serious chronic uh, illness. Didn't I hear it before also, Robert, that at, uh, uh, when uh, that, that, that scientist was still alive and he was really using it also for, uh, did he use it for uh, um, blood transfusion or plasma transfusion? Yes, I mean, what made René Canton so famous is that, you know, his whole premise is that our blood came from the sea. It was just seawater internalized into our physiology. That's how we evolved. That's where we got the fluid. If for those doctors, maybe if you have any doctors in the audience, you know what bioregulation is all about, meaning how the body coordinates when the temperature changes, you're breathing more exercise, you're making these thousands of maybe millions of adjustments each minute. And that is to keep your body in homeostasis, to keep it stable. But when you live in the ocean, it's pretty easy. It's much different. It, it, it's like they don't have to have, most of the regulation is provided by the safety and environment of the sea itself. When you leave the sea, that's when the trouble begins. And man had to develop so many extra mechanisms that other sea life do not need to have. So one of the things is, but one of the things that life did right is we're going to start by internalizing seawater as our main fluid because it's the fluid that achieves the homeostasis in the interaction with both our physiology and our nervous system. So um, this in, in, so Rene Canton said, listen, blood is seawater. That was one of his famous statements. So in 1904, he, 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 proved, he wanted to prove it and he did. And what he did, and this is, you know, some people get edgy on this ex experiment he did before the medical elite of Europe, that he transfused six canines, dogs, with his King Tone seawater, the same water that is in those ampules that I showed you right there. The ones, that, the ones on the left, those he used and he transfused the entire blood supply of the animal with the seawater that he prepared in a very unique way. But it was basically seawater at the same isotonic concentration as the dog's blood plasma, and the dog survived and thrived. And it shocked the world, and he wrote, a very famous, I don't think I have it here, no. He wrote a very famous treatise called L'eau de mer, milieu organique, which is French for the water of the ocean, is the same as our internal milieu. And that is what made him famous. And then the world, which was in multiple pandemics of cholera, tuberculosis, syphilis, gastroenteritis, bingo, uh, influenza, and typhoid, 
they naturally said, Mr. Rene Canton, can this help us endure these pandemics? And this is what made this product become a famous medicine for most of the 20th century. Well, I, for one, I started um, the Canton, and I, I say that, you know, and I just started it recently, although I've been taking other pH mineral supplements as well. But ever since I focus in remineralizing myself, it made a big difference when it comes to my energy, to my focus, to my cognition, and just... Um, just even feeling good about life. And, and so um, uh, we're not saying that everyone should just go out in the ocean and start drinking the water because that's the concentration of the seawater right now is different also, right, Robert? Then, then what? And if the concentration in the ocean, because, you know, people might say, oh, why um, don't just go yes, there. no, not not in not for maybe uh, several thousand years. No, no, it, it has changed from when life began. Yes, but it has pretty much after you know the the when when the great flood came and so on. It's pretty much been the same and very stable since then. Okay, all right. So here's a typical thing I get in my phone maybe five times a day. You know, just a random person I meet that I tell, you know, hey, what should I do for minerals or my health? And I tell them about this. I mean, I, this just came like this morning. My family is now on Quintone. My parents have so much energy from taking it. Yay. We are all celebrating for sure. I feel a total shift in myself when I'm consistent with Quintone. I'm about to order 14 boxes for my family. I mean, this is like, this just keeps coming because people are for the first time seeing what it means to have the whole periodic table, which is what they evolved in. That's why. If you didn't, if you evolved in a lake, you don't need Quintone, but you evolved in the sea. And so you have an expectation to maintain homeostasis of the entire periodic table. How about talking to us about deuterium depleted water? Because oh boy, you want to go from um, eighth grade to uh, PhD course, don't you? <laughs> Just because we're still talking about very good. No problem. No problem. We can we can go anywhere. I'm going to ramp up to and and you know uh, certainly we'd like to and we won't have time this uh, this session. But we yes. do want to tell your people about pure water and how to purify their water. Yes, yes, yes. Now no, this one, go ahead. No, for sure. This is just the beginning of you <laughs> coming to coming and spending time with me. I, I would like you to have more in the future, please, so that we can continue <laughs> the conversation. So um, I'm going to start out with this slide. Can you see it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So so this we're going to I'm going to use a term that most of your audience may have no idea what it means. 
deuterium-depleted water may well be the most important health discovery of our time. This is something I sincerely believe and something I've only known about for 10 years and something I've only had access to for two years. This is a very rare thing, and it's not something to run out and get, okay? This is a very serious undertaking in, in life. It's not like Canton, marine plasma. Marine plasma, get it immediately and take it for the rest of your life. Take it when you're going to be pregnant. Take it while you're pregnant. Take it when you're breastfeeding and then give it to your children until they're 90 years old. That is an easy one. But this one is much more sophisticated. This is true, serious biohacking. This is something for anti-aging, for longevity, for a lot of things I can't even tell you on a podcast because, you know, we are very censored in, in these days. It, it, so um, I want to visit the periodic table again. Is it showing? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. The, and we're only going to talk about, uh, you can be relieved because you're only going to talk about one of the elements, and it's the one we started out with, and it's the simplest one. It's hydrogen, okay? Now, we normally think, if any of you remember, even, I don't know, eighth grade to high school, chemistry, hydrogen, you normally think hydrogen is just a proton with one electron orbiting around it. Okay. Up, but not true. There's actually three kinds of hydrogen. Holy mackerel. Boy, does that shock people. Yep, there's three times. And in fact, most of the elements have more than one variation. Okay? Most of them have more than one variation. And those variations we call, and I think most of you have heard of it, heard of this term, isotopes. Okay? Isotopes. They're variations of elements, and it's a common word in medicine, actually, because isotopes, they use these special forms for all kinds of things in medicine, you know, indicators and showing up on a certain kind of test, etc. But hydrogen has three isotopes. The first one we call, or scientists call, protium. That's the one we'll call it regular hydrogen. We also can call it light hydrogen, light, like less heavy. The second isotope we're going to call deuterium. And it's heavier than the light hydrogen because it has adopted a neutron into the nucleus. So it's a proton, a neutron, and an electron going around it. There is a third isotope of hydrogen that has two neutrons, a proton and an electron. It's called tritium. And we're not going to talk about it again because it's so rare that we may not even be able to detect it on the planet. For, so we don't worry about it. We're just going to worry about the light hydrogen and the heavy hydrogen, protium or regular hydrogen and deuterium heavy hydrogen. Now, hydrogen, either one of those can combine with oxygen to form a water molecule, right? Mm -hmm. 
So there's actually three water molecules, three different ones, okay? And these three, is this, is this Grace, is this pretty heavy for your, your audience? No. no, no. Okay, so there's three. So the regular water molecule you've always thought, you've written down on a test, etc. You thought it was H2O. And there is an H2O. You see it on the slide, H2O. Ah, but there's another one. What if one of the H's is not the light hydrogen, but it's the heavy hydrogen? That can form too. And that we call HDO. So regular hydrogen, a deuterium hydrogen, and an oxygen. That, that exists. And then there's yet a third kind of a water molecule that has two deuterium hydrogens and, and, and oxygen. And frankly, there's also very, 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 very little of that. And we're not going to worry about it too much. The other two, the H2O and the HDO, are a big deal. How much is there? In a liter of water, in a liter of water, there's about six drops of deuterium-containing water in the bottle of a one liter, six drops. Mm -hmm. Now, most of you, and frankly, scientists for, for decades go, oh, so what? You know, it's so similar. But no one fully got, no one knew enough that this other hydrogen, heavy one, the deuterium, is twice as heavy, not like 5% heavier, like all the other elements are 10% heavy. This is twice, this is 100% heavier. And they never realized the impact of that. Also, they were much more interested, they were much more interested in the deuterium. Why were they? You have any idea, Grace? Why? Why the world? Why the world was interested in deuterium? Um, I'm not sure, but it could it be because it is uh, what what is also what gives us the energy? Nope, nope, nope. In fact, it takes the energy away, but it gives something else energy. You're gonna laugh, okay? Okay. Here's what energy. Deuterium enabled scientists to make a nuclear reactor. Okay? Okay. That was a big deal. And deuterium was only discovered in 1931. So, you know, that's when all the Einstein and Heisenberg and all the physicists were like having a field day studying atoms. Are you with me? Okay. For the Bomb? Oh, yeah, because then they said, oh, boy, if you can make a reactor, uh, Herr Hitler, you can make an atomic bomb. And the world went on a rampage race for who could make deuterium heavy water. That's all they cared about. They wanted the heavy water because they could make an atomic bomb. And that race was so violent, so many people got killed over that race that we were very lucky that America won the race. 
Germany almost won it. And if Germany had won the race to just make a quantity of heavy water, everything would be different. Okay? The world would be different. We would be speaking German. Okay? If that one little thing happened, I mean, it's an amazing, amazing realization to, to, to understand that from a history standpoint. But we won it, and we made the atomic bomb, and, and, you know, I'm not saying that was a great thing either, but that's what happened, and we used it, and whatever, we ended the war, it's all, et cetera. But everybody said, okay, that, we learned it. But the Russians happened to have said, well, look, since we're not, like, basically in the race for the atomic bomb, because we don't have the money and the and, and, and the resources, we're going to see what else this deuterium does. We're going to look at it biologically. There's a comment here um, from the audience that right now they're also using it in the nuclear power plants. Oh, well, yeah, that's, no, that, that's a reactor. Uh, but it's not, at least it's not being used to make uh, an atomic bomb. Oh, yes, it is. It's yes. still is. It's still. It's, it's still. It's still. And, and deuterium for the reactor is kind of fading away as a science, okay? But um, deuterium is still part of the atomic weapon thing. So just accept that. And much less than it was before because we're not so much making fission bombs, we're making fusion bombs. And for those of you who are techies out there, right. uh, the world has shifted from fission bombs to fusion bombs because they're 50 times more powerful. Anyway, that's, a, that's not a subject that's fun to discuss. Yeah. But so the, about our body, doesn't our body make also deuterium? Nope. Oh no! Okay. No, 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 no. It's it's an element, and it, it doesn't make deuterium. It doesn't make hydrogen. It, those are elements that they're already there. Um, uh, the the uh, the Russians took a different look at something, and um, they decided to look at it biologically. And before I go into that story, uh, there's somebody waving to me in this special room, and I'm going to just go out to tell them I'm recording, it, and I'll be back in a minute. Is that okay? Yes. Shall I keep this screen? Pardon? Shall I keep the screen on? Yes. Your screen? Yeah. Keep okay. it on. Sure. Well, thank you so much for all those joining us today. So we have. Robert Slovak and on water wellness and threats to humanity. He's really a wealth of knowledge when it comes to um, water and wellness or water wellness. And he's been in the business for a long time. And prior to this, it wasn't about water wellness, but nevertheless, he's been on the water industry. And it was a his experience of a significant illness when he was all the way in Brazil as he shared to you to us. Okay. So if you have other questions, feel free, feel free to 
make that um, write them down and comment and I will make sure that also I invite him back because there's just so much thing to learn when it comes to water and I don't know about you but I love my water but I want to make sure that I'm drinking the right water and nowadays there's so much contamin contaminants okay and when I really started to remineralize myself and also use certain uh, specific machines. Okay, problem, problem done. Robert so, is back. Yes, dear? Yes, go ahead. I said Robert is back. Okay, so those six drops of deuterium water, deuterium-containing water molecules that are in one liter of water, okay, that's in virtually all water on planet Earth. That's a very important factor for everyone to learn. It is not clear why there is this amount of deuterium, mm -hmm. okay? We do know it varies because deuterium water freezes at two degrees higher it does vary with what is available in the world's water with the ice ages. And you know there's been many ice ages in the history of the world. So when it gets an ice age comes, the ice age absorbs the deuterium is frozen, so it's taken out of our water somewhat. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. And it forms an iceberg or whatever. So, so there's less, and it varies, but it hasn't varied for the last 11,900 years. So none of us have to worry about that too much. It, it's, it's fairly high in our environment. And, but no one had any experience. I mean, look, for as long as man has recorded history, we've, we've consumed this water, right? I mean, that's it. It has six drops in it, and okay, we have, we live, uh, you know, we live lives, we, we age and, 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 and we pass on in about a hundred years if we're all lucky. But the Russians wanted to know more. And they said, well, geez, if there's only six drops, l let's see what happens if we, if we put 500, uh, if we put 500 drops in a liter of water. In other words, because you could concentrate deuterium, water, heavy water, and so they made up another water in the laboratory that was 500 drops. And then they made a water that was 5,000 drops. And there's about 20,000 drops in a liter, so it was about 25% heavy water. Are you following this? Yeah. So... It was about 25% heavy water. And they go, okay, this is concentrated. Oh, let me take a taste of it. Oh, mm -hmm. it tastes like water. Let me um, feel it. Let me make a martini with it, whatever. Yeah. whatever. No, tastes the same. So they took that and said, let's see what it does. We're scientists. So what you do in the scientist is how does it affect life? I mean, it looks like water, tastes like water, reacts mm -hmm. like water. So they did it and they put it on seeds. Okay, that's how you start. Simplest of life, seeds, and none of the seeds germinated. 
Wow. They put it on plants, and all of the plants died. They gave it to laboratory mice. They gave it to laboratory animals, and they gave it to primates. And virtually all were dead within five days. And this was a shock to everyone. Because deuterium now appears, because heavy water is water, right? I mean, it's just got deuterium in it. No, you can't tell it, smell it, taste it. But if you put it, if it's concentrated enough, it really affects life very fast. And it's like any other contaminant in the water. Are you with me? Yeah. So how do we get that other than drinking that type of water? Well, 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 okay. So, so they, so they got to this point to, in the early, this is in the early 1950s and, and the early 1960s that the Russians took the lead to understand this. And they just go, well, that's interesting. And then something unusual happened because at the same time, gerontologists who study aging in Siberia, they found a culture that had more centenarians, more people who lived over a hundred than any other place in the world. And they go, what the heck? Why would they, why does this group have so many people living over a hundred? And they go, well, let's look at everything. I mean, they don't have stress and they have better food and they have this and that. But nothing was so much greater than other places that had were in nature also. What is it? They were, they were like pulled their hair out. To make a long story short, these people naturally had water lower in deuterium. Okay? Mm-hmm. Instead of six drops... Maybe they they had four drops, okay? Yeah. And it increased their lifespan so much more, and so many people lived healthy lives after 100. And so they just said, wow, there's really something to this deuterium. And then they experimented, and then they took, they said, okay, what if we, what if, what happens if we remove most of those drops? What if we only have one drop in? What does that do to life? And they found that that did many, many things in which the whole science then unfolded over the last 60 years. So it, they discovered that, and it wasn't just the Russians, there was a brilliant Turkish gentleman in there too, called uh, Abdullah, Dr. Professor Abdullah Ogun, that the deuterium in water, those six drops, happens to destroy the mitochondria of all living things. That's its mechanism. Okay. Now, how would one know, Robert? How would one, uh, without having a test, how would one know that? Well, you know, because whatever you pick up that's made of water, whether it's a Coca-Cola or an ice cube or or a glass of water from a stream in Mount Everest or something, it all has six drops in it. And even in the vegetables, right? If if they're not... uh... 
It varies. Nope. Nope. Because nature, nature has a way of getting rid of some things. So not a lot, but vegetables, the leaves of vegetables like spinach or kale or something has that the plant knows that it doesn't, nature doesn't want deuterium to optimize life. So it shuttles the deuterium into the roots and keeps less deuterium, not a lot less, but at least it helps. Also fats, fats in the formation of animal and plant fats, there is less deuterium such as coconut oil, such as lard, the lowest food, the lowest food in deuterium that's common is lard. Okay. Not, not the favorite food, but the lowest in deuterium. So, and so, so I want your guests and audience to know those six drops, that's all we've said is all water on earth or most water on earth has six drops of deuterium water molecules in it. Six drops. Okay, I got it. So I want you to know that there's another way of expressing that that science uses. They don't really use drops, but I wanted to start everybody out with something. We all know what a drop is. But those six drops is another way of saying 150 parts per million. Probably not, perhaps not everybody who's listening knows what parts per million is, but it's like how many parts per million parts, how many parts of deuterium per million parts of water molecules. So regular water has about 150 parts per million. And since you're and your audience and me, et cetera, we're mostly water, right? Mm -hmm. We're 98.8% water molecules and 60 to 70% water by weight, but molecules were 98.8% of the molecules in us is, is water. You're also, your body fluid water is also 150 parts per million. And, and, and so is, so is your dog. And so is the bird flying in. Okay. Okay. Because water comprises most of animal life, that is the same as 150 parts per million. There is only one exception on the planet, pretty much, that's very much different, and that is the snow and ice in Antarctic, and that's 89 parts per million. So it, so, seems, it seems like the higher the altitude, seems like no, that. No, less, no, no, oh. no, no, it, it, it's, it's because Antarctic is, it has a mountain range, but nothing extraordinary. It's, it's not, it's not about the height. It's about the weather. If oh. the weather is such that it freezes and snows in special ways, you can somewhat deplete the deuterium, maybe from six, from 150 to 130 parts per million. But Antarctic doesn't follow any of the rules, and there's not a good explanation for why it is so low. But you can't go there anyway, and that's why deuterium-depleted water has to be made in a very sophisticated, expensive process called fractional distillation rectification. 
and it's made in a special plant. There's only three plants in the world. One is in Russia, one which is where we get our water. One is Russia, one is Romania, and one is Hungary. And what does this water do? Much of what this water does, I cannot say on a public broadcast, okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. There are things that interfere with medicines and so on and so on, and not interfere, but that that it, it has a very met, a profound medical effects that I am not at liberty to say on, in a public forum. So all over, all around health, it gives somebody a supercharged energy level, almost of any age. You know that I'm 76, right? Mm -hmm. yes. And and I have the energy of a 40-year-old. And um, it, it, it has um, benefits of everything, from, from almost everything improves. And it's obvious why. Because I said that deuterium destroys mitochondria. Mitochondria are the most important thing in your body. They make your energy. They're the only thing that makes your energy. And nothing happens. It's like, hey, if the battery goes dead, nothing works, right? Yep. So the energy is everything. And the body is so well designed. It's so intelligent. It's so genius that if you supply it with energy, if you keep it plugged in, it can do almost anything and overcome anything. But when the battery starts to go down because you've lost mitochondria, then things start to happen because your body can't supply the energy to keep away chronic illness, fatigue, all the things that, all the things that represent the decline of health as we get older. And so people, it, it's, it's very clear to gerontologists that the lifespan of humans, let's just say wonderfully, should be 100 years. That lifespan is more determined by the deuterium in water than perhaps any other factor. Okay? Yeah. Well, uh, um, it's, it's one of the most important topics, I believe, that each of us must understand if we aim to live longer and go through all this health crisis, environmental crisis that we are in. So um, we ran out of time, but if there is, if there's one book that you want to recommend on one, you know, website that you want to recommend for those. Okay. 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 So if you go on our website, drinklightwater.com, and light is spelled L-I-T-E, okay? L-I-T-E instead of L-I-G-H-T, drinklightwater.com. You can, there's not only a lot of information, but download, download the, the, the little booklet, The Brief History of Deuterium Depleted Water. It's a beautiful pamphlet, digitized and colorful, and it tells you the whole story. And then there is also a, a kind of an informative brochure about it, 
But I want you to know that taking or consuming or going on deuterium depletion is like no other supplement you have ever had or beverage for that matter. One, you have to, this is not like, hey, I'm going to take uh, six ounces of noni juice a day and that's going to keep me healthy. Or I'm going to take this, this, this probiotic kefir every day. It's nothing like that. It's not about taking a certain amount that does something. It's not doing anything but flushing out your deuterium. The water is simple. It's hard to make and it's very expensive, but it is simple. You're just flushing out. So you have to replace most of the water you consume in terms of water you drink, water you drink in beverages, and water you, you use for food preparation, like smoothies. You have to exchange and replace that water with deuterium-depleted water. And do you know what? If you stop, if you go on this for six months and you stop, in just a matter of weeks, you will be right back to where you started and your body will start losing energy again, et cetera, et cetera, because you're going to start destroying the mitochondria that built up during the time that you were on deuterium-depleted water. So Robert, that, is that the right website, drinklightwater.com? Yes, okay. drinklightwater.com. And we can test people. We test people. We have a very sophisticated instrument that tests for deuterium in your saliva, or if you have a water sample, but there's so there's almost no water that has anything less than 150. It's not worth it. And so what we do is when someone goes on a program and we only have a subscription because we only really want serious people to do this, that this is something that after maybe two months of using this and, and, and refining your habits and your discipline, to achieve mostly using deuterium depleted water. That means no more visit to Starbucks. That means you have to make your green tea with it. That after two months, you test your saliva with a special kit that we have that you send in and we put it in a, an instrument and we measure it and we see how you did. So you can really monitor how your progress is. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Okay, because I know we just uh, touched the tip of the... I think it was amazing. Okay, and um, so I, I'd like to thank the audience and those who will be listening to this. And, and I also would like to thank you for your persistence. Oh, you're welcome. And I like to end um, this quantum affirmation that I like to share to the audience because I like to use quantum affirmation because words are powerful. Words are part of the scalar energy. And, and I shuffle it with different cards. And this is what I got. And it says, trusting inner guidance. I, and I, I recommend this to be um, read aloud or said three times in the morning, noon, and evening. And it says, trusting inner guidance. After I have carefully studied a situation and obtained as much information as possible, I rely on facts as well as my own intuition and inner guidance to lead me to the right decisions in my practice. I am powerful. 
after I have carefully studied the situation and obtained as much information as possible, I rely on facts as well as my own intuition and inner guidance to lead me to the right decisions. In my practice, I am powerful. After I have carefully studied the situation and obtained as much information as possible, I rely on facts as well as my own intuition and inner guidance to lead me to the right decisions in my practice. I am powerful. And so thank you so much. And in my language, I say Mabalos, Robert. And the next time you come, come around again, we do this. I think I like to touch on really like um, also your recommended day-to-day -day habits that can combine the water and just- Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. That's yeah, the daily habits in combination with the food and the water and the mindset helps a lot. And especially, especially one that 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 supports and and enhances one's immunity. Yep, we need that so that anything that happens, anything what they say is happening, we're set and we're exactly. ready. Exactly. Exactly. So thank you all. Visit quantumnurse.life, and you know, don't feel free to ask any question. I will also include Robert's information in this uh, recording. And let's see, and oh, there are some compliments here. So it's a great job. Thank <laughs> That's you. That's from buddy, George. Okay, thank you. So, and, and feel free to, Grace, feel free to share any questions uh, with me. I'll be happy to answer as many as I can. Yes, definitely. Okay. I, won't, I won't be shy. <laughs> okay, I think you won't. <laughs>